The following is a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. Get ready, Baltimore. It's time for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is Top of the Road. Your Monday night wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome to Top of the Road, ladies and gentlemen. Just um, quick reference before I get started. I'm pretty sure me and Super Producer Nick are the only dudes in the building. It is Labor Day. <laughs> Wrestling never stops, as you know. I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. Got to take vacation, too. But don't worry. I'm not missing anything this week. How could I? After this weekend of wrestling that we had, and here's the thing, it wasn't even really a weekend of wrestling. It was one day, okay? Let me put this in perspective for those of you who may not be wrestling fans or regular wrestling fans, whatever you want to say. At 12.30, New Japan, on Sat- this is all on Saturday. At 12.30, New Japan's show in the UK called Royal Quest started. At 2 p.m., NXT UK, the WWE affiliate, their show, TakeOver Cardiff, started at 2 p.m. on the same day. And then AEW's pay-per-view, All Out, started at 7 p.m. on the same day. So for effectively 12 full hours, we were watching wrestling in some capacity. It was a lot. Now, there's one thing I really want to try to get across today, and I think you're going to feel the vibe through the entire Turnbuckle Topics network that we're trying to get this vibe across. Royal Quest was a good show. I'm not saying there are people saying it was a bad show. It just didn't get the recognition it deserved. But that's because there's a different vibe to a New Japan pay-per-view-ish show than there is to other to WWE and AEW pay-per-views. Because you have to remember... WWE, they have their regular programming, and then they'll have the special kind of stuff like King of the Ring or whatever, and then their pay-per-views or takeovers, same thing, but pay-per-view shows, they jump it up a level. They jump up a level, and they did. NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff jumped up multiple levels. AEW jumped up multiple levels. Now, we don't have regular TV to judge AEW on yet, but the bar has been set rather high. For their pay-per-view level shows. We have to admit that. New Japan. Even a special show like this one. A pay-per-view kind of show like this one. And it was a pay-per-view. Because you had to pay for the show individually. So it was a pay-per-view. You have to remember how New Japan books their shows. The first half of the show. Is kind of, sort of, indiscriminate tag matches. That are fun to watch. I'm not saying they're low quality, but they're fun to watch, but there isn't much storyline attached to them. It's more about what they do in the ring. There's not much else going on. And then they start doing title matches, and that's when it gets for real. So I think that's why Royal Quest wasn't mentioned quite as much, because the first half of the show was kind of, I mean, it, it was good wrestling, 
But as far as New Japan's regular level, it didn't blow you away. But that's because it wasn't meant to. The problem was when the title matches started to get going. When they started to get going. Especially it was Ishii and Kenta, but the IWGP tag titles were the first title match going. When they got going, it was it wasn't too far before NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff started. And I think that's what threw some people off. Because NXT UK takeovers and even WWE pay-per-views, to some extent, there is no buildup during the show. It they just throw you in immediately. Hey, this one. This one's going to be good. You know, the opener's good. And the main event's good. You know, the, there's no buildup to the show. In New Japan, there's a buildup during the show. Because they don't have storylines that you can be dependent on. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean they have good storylines. And I'm not saying that means that New Japan doesn't have storylines at all. Because they certainly do. But they don't have the kind of storylines. And their TV model is not conducive to those storylines being a basis for the show. So they have no choice but to put matches on first that build you up for the rest of the show. And they did. I mean, we started with the somewhat reunification of Rapongi 3K with Rocky Romero, Show and Yo, and they faced Taguchi, Shooter, Shota Umino, who's been hanging around with John Moxley a lot. And I'm, I'm so sorry to say, but the last young lion, his name escaped me at the time. I didn't write it down in my notes, so I'm, I'm so sorry, but his name escapes me. Anyway, 3K got the win. Good for them. It was a 5 out of 10 match. They had a couple spots that were pretty cool. It was a well-wrestled match, but it didn't do anything spectacular for me. So 5 out of 10. Now, real quick, if you haven't heard my rating system before, I do a 1 out of 10. Here's how it goes, okay? 5 is an average match. Six is a good match, which means they did everything they were supposed to, and there were a couple things that made me go, well, all right. Seven is a very good match. A couple things I didn't see coming, kept me really interested. Eight is an awesome match. Man, they pulled a lot of stops out for that one. Nine is an incredible match. Ten is almost unreachable. I'll be honest. The way my ratings is, a ten is almost unreachable. You got to have a, you got to have some kind of match at a ten. Now, if you're a four, you're below average, and then three to zero is basically you're not worth my time, okay? That's kind of how it works. So it was a five, which means it was an average match. It did everything it was supposed to, but nothing happened that made me go, wow. Then we had Takahashi teaming up with another Bullet Clubber, face Ibushi and Juice Robinson. Ibushi and Juice Robinson got the win. It was a six out of ten match. couple cool spots. Perked my ears up a little bit. Nothing really spectacular. And I think the reason I'm not giving this a great big rating is it's Juice and Ibushi. What are you doing in a random tag match at the special UK show? What are you, what are you doing? I mean, I know you got to go with storyline and stuff, but you can't dig up something for these guys? How good they are? All right. Then we had Osprey and Robbie Eagles of Chaos take on Ishimori and El Fantasma of Bullet Club. And Osprey and Eagles went over. Osprey had a couple cool spots. He connected with his home country crowd. It was pretty cool to see him do it. He was awesome. Seven out of ten match. Did a couple extra things. Robbie Eagles looks awesome in his chaos themed gear. Then we had Naito and Sonata 
take on Jay White and Chase Owens. This was an 8 out of 10 match. Naito and Sonata brought out a lot of stops for this one. Jay White, I used to be one of Jay White's biggest doubters, man. And every week he does something to make me like him more. I'm still, I'm not a fan yet. Let me make that clear. I'm not a fan of Jay White yet. But every week he does something to make me like him more. Uh, He has a cult following. He has a group of fans that think this guy is destined to be the top of New Japan. And I mean, he's great. He's a heck of a talent. I think he's got heel potential. He uses what he's got better than most would. But I just don't think he's quite there yet. Not quite a fan of him yet. And then Chase Owens. So Naito and Sonata, LIJ, went over on those particular members of the Bullet Club. Eight out of ten match, though. Very very entertaining tag match. They did very well for themselves. Then we had the IWGP tag team titles. As Aussie Open took on G.O.D., the Gorillas of Destiny. Ain't nobody realer than Gorillas. And G.O.D. retained, thankfully for all of us. But, dude, how cool are, gorilla, are the Gorillas? So if you don't know who they are, look up a picture of them. And just any, it doesn't matter what image you find. You will know, wow, those guys are pretty cool. It doesn't matter. They're awesome. Heck of a match. 8 out of 10. Aussie Open, man. They brought it. They brought it. Heck of a tag match. Really made it look good. I didn't expect the belts to change hands, but awesome tag match. I love the idea. I love the concept. G.O.D. is still on top. But I'd like to point this out before I, before I mention that. Before this match happened, Ibushi and Robinson beat Takahashi and his buddy. Osprey and Eagles beat Ishimori and El Fantasmo. And Naito and Sonata beat Jay White and Chase Owens. So until G.O.D. defended their titles... Bullet Club was having a horrific night. Anything but too sweet. And then, after the tag titles match, we had the never open weight championship between Ishii and Kenta. Now, I have to be honest. I was kind of go. I had to go back and forth. I had two TVs working at this point because NXT Takeover was going on, and Ishii and Kenta they had their match. They took their time. It was not a short match. A lot of back and forth, good buildup. I think Kenta had one of his better performances. Ishii delivered as always. I gave him an 8 out of 10. It was a great old school kind of brawl, and Kenta went over. We have a new never open weight champion, and there is more gold in the Bullet Club. Are you kidding me? How many belts do you need? I mean, look, they're not dripping in gold like they did when Styles and Omega were in it and the Good Brothers. Like, trust me. But how much, how much do you need? Whew. Then the British heavyweight title was on the line. Good enough. Uh, in the UK. That's where the show took place. And Zack Sabre Jr. defended his British heavyweight title against Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of the universe. And I give them an 8 out of 10. You know why? Tanahashi did not wrestle his age. He looked good. He was not afraid to take spots. He was not afraid to move around. However, I do think it helped that ZSJ has that submission first, a lot of mat work on the ground, hold-to-hold type style, because it wouldn't tire out Tanahashi. And look, I love Tanahashi. He's one of the best I've ever seen. He's one of the best that's ever been in the game ever, period, ever. Okay? We're, we're, talking, we're talking Tom Brady-level talent. This guy's for real. But... Getting close to 50. So I don't care how for real you are. I don't care how in good shape you are. And he's in the best shape I've ever seen a guy his age. 
But there's no way you can go like you like the younger guy. You just can't. But they did very well making it look good. And Hiroshi Tanahashi won the British world title. He won the Rev Pro British heavyweight title in the UK. So a Japanese guy won a British title in Britain. Huh? Is anyone else slightly confused by this? Anyway. Then we had our main event, and what a main event it was. I could do a whole show just about this main event. Kazuchika Okada, Rainmaker, took on Minoru Suzuki, the king. Some say the greatest in Japanese history. And these two went at it for what seemed like two and a half hours. I know it wasn't, but it seemed like it was. And you could tell when they when they did their forearms, when they traded their forearms, it was pretty late in the match. When they traded their forearms with each other, man, those two were having a time of their lives. You could tell. They were doing everything they could to not just start smiling at each other. They were having they had fun in this match, man. And Okada retained his title, but Suzuki, man, he still got it. He'll never lose it. Okada's one of, if not the best thing going today in wrestling. He's certainly in the conversation. That was a nine out of ten match. Incredibly well done. I love the theater of it, the presentation, just the way it worked. It fit together so nicely. Suzuki, he never misses a beat. You all know that. And Okada, he might be the best. Might be the best thing going right now. So, to refresh, we had a 5 out of 10, a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10. Four matches were an 8 out of 10. Four ma- they were four very good matches on this show. And then we had a 9 out of 10. Man, that main event was awesome. <sighs> Man, it was incredible. So overall, this show gets, I'd give it a, a maybe a 7.75. Because the main event was awesome. I just, it was awesome. And then you had a lot of very good matches, which we have, we have come to expect from New Japan. Then you had a good one. But those first two, I'm not saying they dragged the show down necessarily, but if there was a little more in those, I could give you an 8 out of 10, but I got to give you 7.75. But Royal Quest, man, it has not gotten the right credit. It hasn't. It, it was an awesome show. It's definitely worth your time if you haven't seen it. But let me talk about some things here in New Japan real quick. The remainder of this segment. A lot of people are getting on Kenta. Getting on Kenta's back. People say he's not exciting. He's not an entertaining type guy. I just think he's, he's an acquired taste. Now, granted, I'm, this isn't me being a Kenta fan, because I'm not. I just think he's an acquired taste. I think if you grouped all the wrestlers together that the majority of fans look at and go, man, he's just not exciting. I think 98% of those guys and girls are just an acquired taste. And I think maybe one or two of them is actually not exciting. Because you got to step back and go, is this guy really not that good? Or is he just an acquired taste? I'm I'm curious. I just think that's why. It's just very... Because I don't really have a problem with Kenta. Now, I wasn't a fan of him when he was Hideo Itami, whether it was NXT or 205 Live. I was never really a fan of his. I could never really get into him because he has a presence about him. He definitely does. Most of the guys who work in, guys and girls in the industry do. He, he, they have a presence about them. But I feel like he's never been able to fully harness it. 
But I think right now you give him time with the Bullet Club, I think he'll start to harness it. I think this is what he needs. He needs to be that full-out heel hanging out with G-O-D. And I think it'll work with him. But he can't be your main guy. He can't. Because you look at the bill of a Bullet Club, right? G-O-D is they're going to run a tag team cycle. Everybody knows that, right? Because remember, Bullet Club isn't really a stable anymore. They're kind of like an army. They, it feels like they have like 10 guys. There's a lot of guys in the Bullet Club. But if you look at it, there's a lot of tag team types. There's some junior heavyweights. But G-O-D runs a tag team circuit, right? Junior heavyweights, Ishimori, maybe Takahashi, you know. Main event guy is clearly Jay White. Clearly he's the main event guy for Bullet Club. But you need that mid-card title guy, and Kenta could be that guy. For the Bullet Club. Well, here's what I want to see, though. I want to see Kenta be more Bullet Club. Because G.O.D. is very much Bullet Club, but they do their own thing. And that's okay. But I don't want Kenta to be a do-his-own-thing Bullet Clubber. No. I want him to be one of the biggest members, just a big-time Bullet Club member. Just wear the flag everywhere. Do that guy. Because G.O.D., they always represent. They always represent. Always throw up the two, or I'm sorry, throw down the two sweet, I should say. They throw down the two sweet. They wear the colors whenever they're all together, but they do their own thing. Kenta, don't know. You don't need to do your own thing. Just wear the but wear the gear, wear the Bullet Club gear, and you'll be fine. Okay? Okay. Because remember, there's no more Bullet Club in North America anymore. It's all in Japan. Once the elite started, it's all in Japan. Whoo, buddy. But overall, Royal Quest. Great show. If if you don't want to watch the whole thing, go watch the main event. Go watch the main event. Go watch Kazichika Okada and Minoru Suzuki. What a match. Whew. They did they did awesome. They did awesome. Suzuki hasn't lost a step at all. In fact, I think he might be better. And Okada, he's awesome. Just don't don't even question it. When you see Okada in a match, it's gonna be good. All right. Just just take that at face value. First time in forever I've been able to talk about New Japan and not describe some ridiculously long tournament they're having. New Japan is, they have tournaments all the time. Super Juniors, New Japan Cup, G1 Climax, all of it. And I'm waiting for the next one. I'm waiting for the next one. So, we'll see. Now, that wasn't the only show of the weekend. There was one over in Cardiff, Wales, called NXT TakeOver Cardiff. Where the folks blew it out of the water. Out of the water! Right out of the North Sea. Gone. Now remember, you can give me a call anytime. 410-481-1300. My lines are open. 410-481-1300. When I come back, I'm going to talk about NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Hi. I'd like to report a bear hug. Uh, okay. Well, before I left my campsite, I was putting out my fire, and out of nowhere, Smoky Bear showed up and hugged me? So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He likes it when people correctly put out their campfires. He's pretty big on wildfire prevention. He's just letting you know you did good with a uh, hug. He's a hugger. 
I just got a bear hug from Smokey Bear. <laughs> Status update! All right, I'm going to let you go now. I've got uh, a lot of uh, ranger stuff to do. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Every Monday night from 6 to 7, it's the top of the rope wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, once again, here's the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. That's what you heard if you watch NXT UK TakeOver Carter. Walter's theme for Imperium. We are here to lead you to a new NXT UK. And so far they have done so. Although only one of them was in competition on Saturday. But nevertheless, Imperium has changed the face of NXT UK. Let's break the show down, shall we? NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff. We started with Noam Dar versus Travis Banks. You talk about here, let me put this in sort of college football recruiting terms. You talk about a great piece of tape. That's what this is. I mean, no titles on the line. Everybody kind of knows who they are. Travis Banks has established himself in NXT UK, certainly. Noam Dar has been on 205 Live, NXT UK, regular NXT to some degree. And they had an awesome match. I gave them an 8 out of 10. I think they did very well. Noam Dar won over. I didn't see that coming, but it looks like they might have something in line for Noam Dar. But then again, I'm not sure. It's tough to book these NXT shows, man. I never know what H is thinking. He keeps us on our toes. But yeah, Travis Banks, Noam Dar, opened the show. Heck of a match. 8 out of 10. Then, something really cool happened, okay? Cesaro looks like he's going to be on NXT UK now. Either full-time or maybe this is a one-time, part-time thing. I don't know. But it looks like he's going to be on it. He showed up to the show. To issue an open challenge. Guess what? He didn't get to issue it. Ilya Dragunov's crazy rear end. He met him backstage and said, and basically issued a challenge to Cesaro. Came out to the ring and, you know, said, Cesaro, I'm waiting. And they had a 9 out of 10 match. It was that good. Look, Dragunov's awesome, man. I watched him when he wrestled in Russia. I watched him when he wrestled in all the indies. I've seen a lot of tape of him before he went to NXT. This guy's got all the potential in the world as a wrestler, and then you put on top his completely crazy Russian character. And Cesaro, I don't have to describe him to you guys. 
you know how good that dude is. And they had a 9 out of 10 match. It was unreal, unexpected, great finish. Cesaro went over. Great look for both of them. Same thing as Darren Banks. Great piece of tape. This is better. This is a spectacular piece of tape for your career. Incredible match to have. And they did awesome. Great, great second one in line. Then after that, we had the NXT UK Tag Team Titles. Whoa! Guys! This match! Whoa! See, to me, it's a tie for match of the night. It's a tie. I gave it, I'm giving it a 9.5. I can't give it a 10. It didn't reek 10. It was close. Didn't break 10. 9.5. Grizzled young veterans. Wait. I, I messed that up, Super Producer Nick. We got to try that again. Grizzled young veterans versus Gallus versus Wales' own Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster for the NXT UK Tag Team Titles. This was, look, we normally use the term, a, you know, this match was a banger or an absolute banger. No, what's what's bigger than an absolute banger? This was unbelievable. All three teams, man. Everybody put the work in. Go watch this match. Go watch it. Also, we have new NXT UK Tag Team Champions. That being Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Wales own. They won it in their home country, and the place went absolutely nuts. Awesome finish. I'm not going to spoil any of it for you if you haven't seen it. But wow. This match was just unbelievable. I, I, I can't stop saying that. You know, what, what, what is it that boxing commentator said? Uh, incredible is one of the most overused words in sports and entertainment. I hate to say it, but this was just incredible. It really was. <sighs> you talk about a good tag team division. This is it. It's not deep, but it's good. <sighs> Man. So we got new tag team champions, Wales own, one in their home country, celebrated with the fans. Everybody was so nuts for them. But what the big thing this match did is there was build-up to this match. It, it had a good story to it. It was a good build-up. But Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews had not been a tag team or in the racket long enough to really make you go, oh, yeah, I could see them in a match. Yeah. No, they weren't in it long enough. So here's what happened, right? They had this match go longer than expected. And they, they had to make you change your mind from, oh, they gave it to the new guys just for the sake of being new, or, oh, they gave it to the hometown guys just because they were in their hometown. They made this match so you forgot about that. And then when they won, it wasn't, you didn't sit there and go, of course the hometown guys won. No, you went, the hometown guys won! Thank goodness! That's what I did. Because they achieved that. As the match went on, you forgot about that. You just went, man, this is just about who gets out of it. Very well done. Then we had the last man standing match where Joe Coffey and Bomber Dave Mastiff proceeded to tear themselves and the entire arena to the ground. (laughs) They used everything that wasn't nailed down as a weapon. Tables chains the top rope came undone and they used that 
They went all the way down to the commentary table. They tried to put each other through it, but it didn't break. And then they climbed up to the highest part of the stage and they threw they threw each other off of it. And Joe Coffey got the win with very creative means in a last man standing match. Good win for Gallus. I needed that. Joe needed that. Dave's going to be fine. Don't worry. He's not untouchable, but his character will be okay. But that was another 9 out of 10. They did awesome. And they followed the tag match. So they had to do that. They followed it. It was awesome, man. Great last man standing. Right amount of weapon use and right amount of just straight up brawl. It was good. It was good stuff. Then we had the NXT UK Women's Championship where Tony Storm took on Kaylee Ray. Now, for me personally, I was okay with the match, but that's mostly because of the result. Because I wanted Kaylee Ray to win it. And she did. And we have a new NXT UK Women's Champion. But the match itself was a 6 out of 10. It was very reminiscent of Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler at, at, at the last... NXT TakeOver. It was very reminiscent of that. And I think they never, It's. I'm not saying they never got in the groove because it was different than Baszler Yim. They did get in the groove. It just, it was kind of a slower-ish match. Nothing really too crazy happened. The other thing is it was tough for the crowd to get into it because the crowd just watched this amazing triple threat tag team match. And then a last man standing match where they went all over the arena. And then if I may add, before that, Cesaro and Dragunov tear the place down. And Darren Banks didn't really have a bad opener either. You just watch four, eight out of ten or better matches. And now here come the women's champions and you're just going to kind of do a regular single? Ah, I don't know. See, I don't have a problem with Tony Storm. When I did my top ten women in the game not too long ago, I had her on, on my list as number ten. But that's it. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not that big. I've never really fully understood the Tony Storm buzz. Uh, she's never gotten all the way over with me. Kaylee Ray. I like her style. She's. She's a classic. Good. Good up and down heel. And it seems like she ain't afraid to use anything to be a heel. So I'm curious her as champion. But it was a six out of ten match. It was okay. It was all right. It was a, a decent enough finish. But it didn't blow me away. Then we have. The main event. The main event. Tony from Champions Advantage. I He is vicariously living through me right now. Trust me. This was... This is a match of the year candidate. I can't say it. I, I, that's the only way I can put it. Walter and Tyler Bate. <sighs> My goodness. 40 minutes. Told the whole story. Every emotion you can think of, at the whole story. Tyler Bate was an absolute warrior. The guy could just, there was nothing physically impossible for him. Walter, great big man, old school heel. They did spots that are so dangerous. <sighs> Not the most dangerous match of Saturday that I saw, but it was up there. Man. So I gave this, just like the tag team match, I gave it a nine I gave it a nine and a half out of ten. Incredible stuff. Match of the year candidate. Just again, I don't want to spoil it for you. I know there are people who haven't gotten to watch it yet. It's Labor Day weekend. You're entertaining family, you went to, on vacation, you know, whatever. I don't want to spoil it for you. But man, 
the mat work in this match, the feeling in this match, the, the way the crowd got into this match, the way the crowd gasped in fear in this match. Tyler Bate, did, I mean, if you don't think he's a number one top quality main event talent, then you need to pick a different industry to rate, man. Tyler Bate is just, he is for sure a main eventer. Walter, just the same. Incredible match. Amazing to watch. Uh, go on YouTube. You can see after the match because Walter did retain. Walter did win. But after the match, phew, Tyler got a nice you know reception from the NXT UK fan base. Because it looks like Pete Dunne and, and Pete Dunne and Trent Seven were with him. It was all British Strong Style. And it looks like Pete Dunne is going to be in the US more often now. So... Tyler is probably going to get put in a pretty good spot there. Plus, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler keeps teaming with Trent Seven. Because, hey, look, if your tag team division is Grizzled Young Veterans, Gallus, Andrews and Webster, and Mustache Mountain, you're okay. You're fine. And then there's the other two guys who always have their hands in their pockets with the pretty hair, whoever they are. Their names escape me. But nine, nine and a half out of ten. Incredible match. Absolutely incredible match. Go, go go watch it, seriously. So overall, NXT TakeOver Cardiff, better than New Japan, because NXT TakeOver Cardiff, as a show, gets an eight and a half. It would be more, but that women's match, oh man. Also, I don't normally do this, but during my whole show, the whole network listens to me, and they send me text messages the whole time. I'm going to clear this up for you, Ronnie. I'm giving Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray a 6 out of 10. I gave Yim and Shayna Baszler a 3 out of 10. So, I'm just let me just clear that up. Now, to finish off on Takeover Cardiff. This brand and they're going to give their talent some more exposure cuz now, you know, remember NXT Winter Park, which is what I call the one on the states, in the states, NXT Winter Park, they're going, they're going on to national TV, they're going on USA, starting September eighteenth. They're going national. Now they already shipped Rhea Ripley over to have a feud with Shayna Baszler, which I am amped for. First opponent Shayna's had in forever. Where if she loses the title, I might not be upset because Rhea is just the perfect fit to feud with Shayna. It looks like Pete Dunne is going to be a bigger part of things in the United States. And I think because of that, you're going to see some big talent in the UK. You know, I think you're going to see them go over to the US. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. But take over UK. NXT, NXT, let me get this right. NXT UK take over Cardiff. Great show. Now, I don't know if anybody else, but I like to revisit matches that I don't give a good rating. You know, after this show, I'm going to go home, and after Monday Night Raw, I'm probably going to I'm going to check out the NXT UK Women's Title again. But like, is this match as bad as I think? Because I mean, I rewatched Yim Baszler, and I and I actually rated it lower the second time. I was like, Meh. it was not good. So I I always got to check him out again, got to see. But man, heck of a show that was. Takeover Cardiff definitely over delivered, and placed very well in the day on the crazy Saturday of wrestling on Labor Day weekend. Man. So let's talk about NXT UK. 
and where they're at, where their stories are at, how it's going to go. Because all their angles pretty much ended. So who's next? What's going to happen next? Ne- next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. What's going to happen on the next NXT UK? Well, Walter is still the NXT UK champion. I think you might see two, two members of Imperium, more than likely Bartel and Eichner, insert themselves into the tag team championship competition. I think Kaylee Ray is going to get herself a challenger for, for her championship pretty quickly. My money might be on Zaya Brookside, I think. That might be a good pick. Maybe Ginny, maybe Jesse Gabbert. I think Noam Dar is going to keep getting his push, I believe. I think Gallus is going to find themselves a way to get some dominance going. Because remember, Joe Coffey, he got his title shot at Pete Dunne a while ago. So I wouldn't expect him to get another one for quite some time. Unless Gallus gets a fourth guy and they go after Imperium, but I don't see that happening. I think Cesaro will be a bigger, a much bigger part of things. I think Cassius Ono and Cesaro may just reunite. Everybody wants to see it happen. Everybody wants to see Cassius Ono and Cesaro come back together. Everybody wants to see it. I don't think it will be bad for business. I think it will be a good call. They worked great the first time. Why not do it now? Neither of them are in the world title picture or in the, I'm sorry, in the heavyweight title picture in the UK yet. They both could be if they needed to. Could you imagine Cesaro Walter? Whew. I'd be up for that. That'd be a fun one to see. But right now with Imperium in the driver's seat, I think NXT UK has a, they have, it was smart to put a group in charge. I think it was a good call. Because it's it's a smaller-ish brand. It's not not a really big roster. And I think it was a good call. Because NXT Winter Park, it was a good call to not have the Undisputed Era be in charge of everything. I think that was a good call. Now, granted, their leader is the NXT champion, Adam Cole, baby. But uh, it's, it's good that they don't run the whole show. I think it's a positive. Spread the gold around a bit. You know, draped in gold was a nice idea. I'm glad it didn't happen. And I'm a big era guy. I love the Undisputed Era, but I'm glad it didn't happen. Because Adam Cole, man, I'm glad the title's... You better keep that title on him, man. You better keep that title on him when that network TV shows up. You think he's a star now. You wait till the network deal kicks in. Oh, man. Going up against AEW. By the way, that's what's next. Next, we go over AEW All Out. Now, I have a vested interest in their next pay-per-view, which is called Full Gear. Eh, Sorry. Sorry, gagged a little on the terrible name of that pay-per-view. Full Gear? Really? So you named it after the Twitter challenge that Hangman Page put up to people to get in shape? Because that's what he did. He was like, the Full Gear Challenge, get in shape. Well, now you're going to name a pay-per-view that? After Really? That's the best you got? Okay. Okay. So just to re-up, New Japan Royal Quest, 7.75 out of 10. Takeover Cardiff, 8.5 out of 10. Next is AEW. But before I get to AEW, guys, check out Pro-Am Belts for me. Use their promo code TBT15OFF. You get 15% off your next purchase from Pro-Am Belts. It'll ship to you faster than you think. They do great work. Incredible stuff. They made Turnbuckle Topics by Network an amazing, amazing championship. 
Ron can barely hold the thing. It's so heavy. So check out Pro-Am Belts. Follow him on Twitter at Pro-Am Belts, ProAmBelts.com. TBT15 off for 15% off your next purchase from Pro-Am Belts here from us at Turnbuckle Topics. When we come back, AE Dub strikes again. We're not all in. We're all out. We'll break that one down. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Hi, it's Vinny Serrano from Window Nation. It's back to school time. And to help you get educated about Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship to higher savings. It's Window Nation's back to school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy. Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free, and there's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and receive 0% interest for 18 months. That's like a free ride till 2021. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. It's smart to go with Window Nation. When it comes to windows, they're first in class. Trust me, I know I have them. Now it's your turn to go to the head of the class. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Buy eight, get eight free, and there's no limit. Plus, receive 0% interest till 2021. That's 18 full months. Do a little homework today. Say big during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Vinny sent you. Join Jeremy Kahn this Saturday from noon to 2 at Meritage Jewelers and Timonium for their Terrible Twos birthday party. Visit 1057thefan.com or the radio.com app for more. This is Top of the Room. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, give it up for the enforcer. Kill Kuna Jr. Welcome back as we talk AEW. There are three big themes of this show. One, we still can't compare it to network TV. It's still a pay-per-view, so you can't judge it like they've been on network TV. Secondly, Cody Rhodes made a huge mistake that involved something with four legs instead of two. And three... We have an AEW world champion. But let's go over the show, shall we? Okay. First, we had the pre-show. We had Private Party take on Angelico and Jack Evans, who, by the way, no one in Turnbuckle Topics likes. None of us like Angelico or Jack Evans. None of us. We, we have nothing positive to say about them. Look, they're great talents, but just y'all's outfits and your attitude is just weird. It's just weird. Private party, however, look, I'll be honest. I think they're kind of a I I think they're kind of a half effort street profits. Now look, they're crazy athletes, incredible talents, pull amazing spots, do amazing stuff, put on amazing matches. So here's how I'll phrase it. When it comes to athletic ability, private party is a better team than the street profits. But when it comes to attitude and presence and performance ability, Street Profits are a better team. So who would you rather hire? Would you rather hire the guys who can put on an amazing match that kind of have an attitude, but it's not always going to shine through? Or the guys who are still incredible athletes, can't do what the other guys can do, but still incredible athletes that have amazing personalities that draw eyes, ears, and social media follows. I'm picking the guys to draw more eyes. 
It's close. Also, Private Party hasn't established themselves all that much, at least in the EW on a regular TV basis. But still, it's close. But I'm taking Street Profits first. But Private Party gets the win over on Helico and Jack Evans. And it was an 8 out of 10 match, man. They pulled crazy stuff. They finished with a Hurricane Rana off the top rope into an RKO. It's ridiculous. How do you do that? It's ridiculous. Then we had the Women's Casino Battle Royal. Now, by the way, for those of you who don't know how a Casino Battle Royal works, I will explain to you the rules of the Casino Battle Royal. Okay? Here we go. What happens is there are groups of five, and every group has a suit, like a deck of cards. One suit starts in the ring. And every five minutes, another suit, another group of five comes to the ring. And then after all the suits come to the ring, the person with the Joker card comes out last. So, here's who was in this thing. Britt Baker, Jazz, Sadie Gibbs, Teal Piper, Big Swole, Ariel Monroe, Brandy Rhodes, Nyla Rose, Allie, Yuka Sakazaki, Ivelisse, Awesome Kong, and our Joker card was Mercedes Martinez, among a lot of others. Nyla Rose won the whole thing. Good for her. She's awesome. I think she's got a great look. I think she's very talented in the ring. I think she's got a lot to offer. Good for her. So Nyla Rose, it was a 7 out of 10 battle royal. It was, there were a couple moments that were kind of cool, but it was the finish was a little eh, but it, it was a 7 out of 10 battle royal. It, it, was, it was all right. But Nyla Rose, that meant that she punched her ticket into the match that determines the first AEW Women's Champion on October 2nd for their first show on network television. So Nyla Rose is in that match. Later in the show, we would find out who her opponent was. Next, we had, and I'm not going in any particular order here. Well, no, I'm sorry. Next, we started the show. We started the actual show. That was on the pre-show. Those first two matches, they were on the buy-in, as they call it, the buy-in pre-show. Now we start all out. We open with SCU. This is the worst town I've ever been to. And they faced Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt, otherwise known as a boy, a smaller boy, and his dinosaur, also known as the... Jurassic Express. Let me let me give you my thoughts on the Jurassic Express. Luchasaurus has potential to be a world champion in AEW one day. He's an incredible athlete, six foot eight, has a great look, has a move set that's beyond belief, can get the whole place to his feet. This guy's an absolute superstar. Jungle Boy certainly has a lineage. His mom was in WoW as Jungle Girl forever. You know, Steve Perry happens to be his dad. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot going for him. He's got a good look. He can wrestle. He's a, he's a cruiserweight type guy. I think he's got a good future ahead of him. Tag team, singles, whatever. Marco Stunt. Look, I can't get into Marco Stunt. I'm sorry. Look, he's tiny. He can wrestle. I, yeah, all right. But I can't. I, I don't get it. I don't get Marco Stunt. I think if they just kept it as a boy and his dinosaur, they would be perfectly fine. If it was just Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, they'd be fine. But they got Marco in there. Okay, fine. Well, SCU went over on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. 7 out of 10 match. All right. But good match. A couple things you didn't expect. Luchasaurus had an amazing sequence that blew you away, especially for a man that size. If you haven't watched Luchasaurus, go watch you some Luchasaurus. 
The dude has got, he's the few, he's, oh, he can be a world champion one day. I swear. Then after that, we had uh, Riho face, and I'm not going in order here. We had Riho face Hikaru Shida in a little women's competition. And the winner of this match would get to face Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. Right? Right. Well, Riho, all 98 pounds of her, found a way to win this match. And it was a 7 out of 10 match. It was, it was a pretty good match. The, the ladies did well for himself. So, by the way, Luke Perry's is dead. I don't know who the heck these people are. Don't quiz me on this. I don't just... If, if you're not a wrestler or a pro athlete or I don't know you personally, I probably don't know who you are. Let me just make that very clear. I don't know who his dad is. So, get on your keyboards. No, it's Luke Perry. All right. Ugh. Anyway, Riho finds a way to win on 98 pounds of her. And after she does, Nyla Rose, who won the women's casino battle royal, comes out and kind of looks at her. So that's the match. We have Nyla Rose, who I believe is close to, if not a three, a 300 pounder. Well, she's definitely a 200 pounder. But I'm just saying, you got this giant chick. Versus a 98-pounder. Okay. That's who's going to determine AEW Women's Championship on October 2nd. Nyla Rose versus Riho. All right. Then we had a pretty awesome, they call it the Cracker Barrel Clash. Guess who sponsored that one? It was a triple threat match between bad boy Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen. They brought out all the stops. They actually had barrels like around the ring. And they use them as weapons. They use barrels. Jimmy Havoc was stapling himself and other people. It, it, I call it a half death match. I don't like half death matches. If you want to have a death match, have a death match. Okay, replace part of the ring with a sheet of glass and go through it. All right, like do that. If you want to have a death match, have a death match. But don't have a match and then have it end with a regular wrestling move. You can't. Don't do that. Don't do that. It was weird. It was very well done. It was a very entertaining match. But it was weird. It was weird after. It was weird. I gave it an 8 out of 10. It was a good match. Jimmy Havoc went over. Good for him. See, Jimmy Havoc is one of my favorites in the industry right now because he's a deathmatch guy by trait. Very weird dude. Great character. But his wrestling training, he's an amazing pure wrestler. He just likes to do deathmatch stuff. And I think that's pretty cool, but have it goes over. Then we had the best friends versus the Dark Order. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, every time I think of the Dark Order, I get real. <laughs> ah. God, man, they're boring, aren't they? Man, they're right under Sean Spears. Just nothing. Just, ah. Uh, it's weird. They're just, it's weird, but not in a good way. Because in wrestling, there's three kinds of weird, okay? There's, there's, Boogeyman Bray Wyatt weird, which is kind of scary, but out of this world and kind of other when you're like, Man, what is he going to do? You know, you know, you, you, you open up, you know, you, you open up a closet door and Boogeyman's in there singing London Bridge, like that kind of weird. Right. Then there's weird, like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison here. 
No, you know what? The, the, the Dark Order works. Then there's Dark Order weird, where it's some random guy with a dude that's supposed to be like seedy and it just doesn't fit. Is that kind of weird? And then there's weird like Mickey James and 04 weird, where it's just totally nuts and crazy. Okay. They're, they're the bad kind of weird. They're not the weird that they want to be. The Dark Order isn't this is the bad kind of weird. And the best friends are a great tag team. It's just Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T just being best buddies, doing great tag team wrestling. It was a 7 out of 10 match. It was okay. And the Dark Order went over. So they get a first round bye in the tag team tournament they're going to have to determine the AEW tag team champions. Okay, fine. But you got to do something about the Dark Order. It's just weird. There's this guy with the mask and weird makeup, and then this other guy just named Steve Grayson who like hangs with him, and it's but he's got like face paint on. And he's trying to be creepy, but he's not. And it's just it's just weird. It's a weird look. And then they have all these minions and their masks that like follow them around and do. It's it's just odd, just odd. It, it's it, it's the kind of that's the kind of stuff. That if a non-wrestling fan turned on the that channel at that moment, they would go, this is why I don't watch it. And that's why I don't like that kind of weird. I don't want that to happen. You know? It's weird. It's weird. Then we had Cody versus Sean Spears. Where do I begin on Sean Spears? Okay, Sean Spears is one of the most vanilla... Just boring guys I've seen that they think is a main event contender. Okay? I don't care if he used to be a weird, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care if he used to be top 10. I don't, or, or the perfect 10. I don't care. I don't care if he used to be perfect 10. I don't care if he had this great moment in the Rumble where he came out at number 10 and everybody went nuts. I don't, I don't get it. I don't care. He was decent. But he stayed in NXT for nine years. As Mike on Champions Advantage so astutely says, he stayed in NXT for nine years. Do you know how not over you have to be to stay in developmental for nine years? And then he comes up here and he hits Cody Rhodes with a chair and everyone's all excited. And it's not it's not exciting. None of it worked. I tweeted about it. None of it worked. The theme didn't work. The entrance didn't work. Tully Blanchard didn't make it any better. Other than Arn Anderson coming out in the middle of this match, giving Sean Spears a spine buster, none of it worked. Cody won. Shocker. But now, let's get uh, let's get down to brass tacks on Cody here. Cody, we're not happy with you. Why? Because you scared your dog. No, because when Cody came out, he brought his dog with him, but he had pyrotechnics before that happened. Now, according to him, the wrong ones went off, and I'll trust that. Cody seems like a decent enough guy that he wouldn't lie about that, but that dog, Derek DeFaro, the dog, he was scared out of his mind. You And they tried to drag him out there still, and it's just, no, the dog is not, he's not cool with this, man. It was such a bad look. Oh, my goodness. It was such a bad look. And then you have the match you had, which wasn't great either. Just, oh, man. So that match was a 6 out of 10. Why? Because of Arn Anderson. If Arn didn't show up, it would have gotten a 2. All right? Then we had the AAA tag team titles 
decided in a ladder match, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, one of the most dangerous matches I've ever seen. They pushed the envelope of risking your body for the sake of entertainment. Even wrestling fans are going, dude, don't you've done it. Don't do that. Like, don't, no. Look, we're glad you're willing to go this far, but don't actually die. Like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Anyway, great match, 9 out of 10 match. Awesome. Awesome stuff. But I have a message for those of you. I saw you on Twitter who said, this might be match of the year. Now! <laughs> Tyler Bate and Walter is match more match of the year than this ladder match would be. Just because they used weapons and did crazy stuff does not mean it's a better match than a purely wrestled match that got 30 to 40 minutes. It doesn't mean that. Okay, it's like the concept of a running quarterback and a pocket quarterback. Just because one's more exciting doesn't mean he's going to be better. Okay, that's what it is. Great match, very well done. The Lucha Brothers defended their Triple A tag team titles. They were all excited, and then two guys in masks, one of them being a Bill Clinton mask, showed up, beat up the Lucha Brothers, and then revealed themselves. And it turns out it's LAX. LAX is AEW. Now, I don't think they're going to go by LAX anymore. I do not have their new name. I'm sorry to say. But LAX is AEW. Good for them. They jumped on the hot train. Good call. 9 out of 10 match. Then we had Kenny Omega versus Pac, which actually went on second on the whole show. Look, I gave it a 7 out of 10. You know why? Because it's the match I expected from them. There were a couple moments that made me go, oh, wow. But it was kind of what I expected. It was kind of a lame finish. Pac won with a submission. He kind of choked Kenny out. It was weird. Don't have Kenny Omega losing. on the, Don't do that. Kenny's the best thing you got going. What do you got him losing to some guy who almost didn't work for your company? What, what are you doing? No, this is no. I feel like an Italian father in the 80s. What are you doing? Where are you going to go? I, I, I found you. You're right here in my house. What are you going to do? Just wait. What are you doing? Then we had the AEW championship to main event the whole show. Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho is the first ever AEW champion. Because nothing says we're going to be different than WWE than taking a million shots at WWE and then putting your title on a former WWE guy. Nothing says that. Nobody realizes how bad they're missing the boat here. Nobody. They're doing everything they said they wouldn't do. Nobody realizes that. Now, look, I understand the network TV prospect. Yeah, people know Jericho. He'll be a familiar face. I get that. But long term, what are you doing? Ah, uh, big change, though, is that John Moxie got hurt. If Moxie wasn't hurt, would be a, would be a big difference. So all out overall gets a 7 out of 10 from me. Sorry, AEW, you're the worst rated show of the weekend, but I'm really not surprised. Now, this means the network TV deals are coming. Still a couple weeks away for me to break that down. But tonight, we get to see some more King of the Ring action. We get to see the second round of the tournament. Real quick, here's who we're going to get to see. Samoa Joe is going to face Ricochet, and Cedric Alexander is going to face Baron Corbin. My bracket's busted because Drew McIntyre got knocked out of it. I've got Joe going over on Ricochet and Alexander going over on Baron Corbin. Those are the King of the Ring picks for the night. Guys, that's it for me. I'm out of here. In Birdland, summer looks a lot like strolling under the lights on Utah Street. 
diving into a juicy Boog's barbecue sandwich, snagging exclusive giveaways, and tagging your friends to get theirs too. Saving big with kids cheer free, or sipping on an ice cold brew on the Budweiser roof deck while jamming out to the all new Birdland summer music series. Whatever gets you going this summer, Oriole Park has you covered. And all you need is your ticket. Be part of it all. Orioles.com. The preceding was a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. CBS Sports Radio 1300 is WJZ AM Baltimore, WJZ FM HD3, Cajunsville, Baltimore. Your home for Towson University Sports and live sports talk around the clock.